Hello, and welcome to the Never Macabre podcast. The podcast... Hey, Macabre, off the line. Yeah, but you said... Look, I t- asked if you could cut a promo for us like Robbie Eagles or Jeff Cobb, but you're just not doing it. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, I've, I've, I've hung, <laughs> I've hung up on him. All right, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast. The podcast open to everyone. Uh, no, no exceptions or exclusions. I didn't have time to think one of those up. So uh, just welcome everyone, I guess. My name is Luke, your host, as always. And with me, as usual, is Mr. Andy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Mr. Andy. And goodbye to uh, Gourmet Burger Makabe. You know, you did exclude him just now. And then said there's no exclusion. So um, I have to point that out. But man, I hope everybody's doing great today. It is the day we celebrate independence or some people do whatever here in the United States where I am located. And uh, that means there's going to be crazy people shooting off guns and fucking, you know, doing fireworks and stuff. So if you guys hear that, sorry, uh, it's not me. I didn't shoot any guns off today or set off any fireworks. But I am excited to talk about pro wrestling because, my God. Um, normally we focus on New Japan and we're going to do that today, but we have a variety of subjects to tackle today, which are really fun and I'm excited to get into them. Yes. Yes. So am I. Uh, now the, the Kazuna shows that we're going to cover, they were free. So, uh, I don't know if I said that last week or if that just came about after we'd recorded. So hopefully everyone enjoyed their free New Japan shows, but hang on. They should be subscribers already if they're listening to this, right? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, we've got a few different things to talk about. I uh, I may have watched a bit of Impact to, uh, on uh, on New Japan World. And uh, I did check out a good portion of Gleet, which is a new promotion in Japan. And uh, it was a free show on YouTube. So awesome. I, I can check out free shows. So that's what I did. Why aren't you a subscriber? Of their thing? <laughs> sure. Whatever. I don't know. I guess I could subscribe, but like, I feel like I'm subscribed to too many things on the YouTubes. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I unsubscribe to a lot of stuff on there because I'll, I'll get the idea like, oh, I like this. And then like, you know, the person, you know, it's it's not only ancient history that they talk about. And I'm like, well, I don't want to hear about anything but ancient history on YouTube. So unsubscribe. That's what I'm like. I like, yeah, I like these honest game trailers or honest movie trailers. Subscribe. And then it's like waves of all their other shit. I'm just like, I just want those. Like, get out of here. <laughs> it's like when we do Never uh, Realm and people are like, I just want to hear him talk about New Japan. So. Yeah, what the fuck is this? Talk about New Japan already. And we will. <laughs> but uh, there are ways people can contact us. And we did get contacted by at least two people so that's awesome at least on the uh email so you can catch us on the email you can send us a typed email or a voice email neveropenpod at gmail.com and you can find us on the tweety uh, one or both of us or whatever uh usually tweeting during a new japan show most of the time and you can catch me at, at grumpy2eb mr guy is at Drews for tweets and collectively, we are never uh, at Never Open Pod. Yay! Hey. hey, I did that without you prompting me. That's like, is that twice in a it's row? Two weeks in a row, Luke. Damn. Oh, yeah. Getting good. <laughs> Getting professional. 
All right. I just had a sip of coffee. I have been awake for all of 40 minutes, which is always a good time. <laughs> good morning, bitch. That's right. <laughs> Wake up, bitch. It's time. Oh, man. So, what do you want to do first, dude? Well, um, you know, we got two. We, we have to catch up a little bit because, you know, when New Japan takes a little break, so do we uh, a lot of times. And so we have two New Japan strong reviews from Ian to uh, get through, and those are going to be great. We have the email. Uh, we got, uh, you know, these these kind of the Gleet thing, and then uh, we got some news. Uh, I don't know. what You know, I, I say we go with one of these New Japan strong ones first. Uh, get through no, number one, and then we will uh, see uh, what's up with number two. Now, um, this first one is yep. from, from Ian, of course, and Ian is tremendous and does awesome reviews, and they're very funny. And if you don't think they're funny, fuck you. Um, but uh, anyway, this is from <laughs> the June 25th show. So uh, are you ready for this, Luke? Are you fucking ready? I am really ready for this. I am. Hi, Luke and Andy. This is Ian with another New Japan Strong review. Well, it finally happened. This was a New Japan Strong where all of the matches were good, and in hey. two cases, great. It also gave me needed insight into what works and what doesn't about this promotion. First up, we had Wheeler Yuta and Fred Yehai versus Kevin Knight and the DKC. This was a really fun tag match, and the responsibility for it being fun lies with Yuta and Yehai. They're a great team with contrasting styles, but the precision of Yuta and the power of Yehai come together wonderfully. On the other side of the ring, Kevin Knight is turning into an incredibly polished pro wrestler. He hits a dropkick during this match that has just insane air on it. Unfortunately, Kevin Kelly curses him by saying he has all the tools. Oh, Kevin, no. he worked no. for WWE. You know what a kiss of death that phrase is. <laughs> The DKC still hasn't cut his hair. Or gone to the gym. <laughs> Following this, we had Rocky Romero versus Clark Connors. I had my worries about this match at the start. They had a slow feeling out process that seemed a bit soft and tentative, but this all changed when the two of them actually started fighting and really threw bombs at each other. This was a really good match, and Connors and Romero matched superbly, but it did suffer from a lack of crowd. The sound of the match, which an audience would amplify, just vanished into black space and took some of the passion with it. <laughs> Our main event was the second defense of Filthy Tom Lawler's strong open weight title, and it was excellent. His opponent, Carl Fredericks, is flashy where Lawler is filthy, and the match became a proxy war between Team Filthy and the LA Dojo. Each time Fredericks would try stringing some moves together, Lola would get him in a hold and break his momentum. This gave the match the structure of being a heroic quest, with Fredericks putting it all on the line to see if he was good enough. And, once again, the lack of crowd just shaved off a little bit of the excitement. There were yeah. several points where in an arena, Fredericks would have fed from the crowd's excitement, while Lola drew strength from their booze. Instead, all they had was Kratos at ringside, looking confused <laughs> as to how he got there. Ultimately, Fredericks came up just that bit short. He has the power and the skill, but he needs to develop cunning. And that's a pretty good place for the new LA Dojo's first graduate to be. Of course, the real excitement started post-match, where Fredericks was beaten down by Lawler. 
who will come to his rescue. His dad, of course. And my dad. And everyone's dad. That's right. Satoshi Kojima ran across the Pacific to save Carl Fredericks and challenge Tom Lawler for the strong open weight title. And then ran all the way back for a New Japan house show in Sendai the next morning. That guy is in amazing shape for a 50-year-old. This show highlighted two things about New Japan Strong. One good, and one much less so. First of all, their homegrown talent is great and getting better. Kevin Knight is going to be a star one day. Clark Connors is on his way to being an excellent roster member. Carl Fredericks is already there. They're the faces of the brand, and one day they could be the faces of the company. However, for that to happen, they really, really need to get out of the black box they record in. Get a venue where sound and light travel. Surround the ring with trainees like AEW does. Do something. Because right now, the show has outgrown its set. And if they want it to keep growing, they need to move on. Thanks, guys. And until next week, keep it strong. He's right. And, you know, they are growing. You know, they got that resurgence show coming up, and that's going to have actual New Japan stars. But but when, when Ian mentioned that Kojima ran across uh, the Pacific Ocean, I was imagining, you know that face he makes when he holds his arm out? And he's all pissed yeah. off, and he's about to hit the, the baguette of death. He just did that and then ran across the ocean. Uh, and he lariated, did a lariato to any whales and shit that got in his way. <laughs> yes, TSA tried to stop him, and he just fucking lariated the whole airport. It was awesome. All he did on his way through was, no, I'm not coming to kill the president, lariat, and then, <laughs> boom. It was. Uh, that's a question they ask, right? I don't know. I don't know either so i've i've never traveled internationally um i don't do a lot of flying around i've only flown i flew a lot when i was a kid but not now so here we are all right well i'm i'm sorry i guess i don't know but yes uh the, the crowd stuff dude not a yeah so they're they're getting a crowd i guess soon is that is resurgence going to be their first crowd show i guess they want to bring it back with a bang and then they have a crowd every week i don't know well i'm concerned because i'm concerned that they these tapings that they've already done are going to overlap with resurgence so because they have to tape well like if if jay white's going to be on the show after resurgence which he probably is or he's going to be on it showing up coming up to resurgence then they had to have already taped that so that means they've already taped a bunch of stuff after resurgence that isn't going to have a crowd so you're going to go from the live show with a crowd to nothing and eh, it's not good man yeah that's not good not only that like satoshi kojima is really busy because <clears throat> i'll get into it right now I did watch Impact, and because there's been a bit of a gap between uh, uh, New Japan shows, which is why we're playing two strong reviews today, because that that shows reliably every week, boom, 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 and you know you know how New Japan proper is. But uh, I had two episodes of Impact to watch. <laughs> I mean, two <laughs> sections with Kojima in it that I watched, <laughs> and uh, the first one was. A pretty solid match. It was uh, this guy named Dina. I can't remember his first name. I'm sorry, Dina. Uh, uh, but his name is Dina and uh, Joe Doring versus Satoshi Kojima and Eddie Edwards. It was for the uh, Impact titles. And <clears throat> it's a solid match. And look, the, the, the champs do retain. And 
it's fine. It's a, it's an all right match for you know a TV main event. But the thing about it is, like they they will pipe in cheers and booze and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it might be a little bit brightly lit and all that. But there's no crowd, so it, it's kind of like eh. I've watched Still feels- yeah. I've watched some of the clips and right. stuff, and it's like it's like one of those like things where they they take a movie and they t- or you know they they just or they they take a I'm sorry a um a sitcom and they take the laugh track out. That's what it feels like. You know what I mean? Like you watch it, yeah. and you're like, oh, this is some joke that somebody made. <laughs> yeah, like which douchebag put like uh, you, you you expect a, a v- version of this to come out with like Ricky Gervais laughter or something but uh, <laughs> have you ever seen that there's a there's a clip of uh, the Big Bang Theory you can get, you probably see it on YouTube and instead of the canned laughter it's replaced with uh, Ricky Gervais laughing and it's hilarious because that show is really not funny <laughs> it is not anyway anyway it was a solid match. Uh, Joe Doring pins uh, Eddie Edwards, which is good because I didn't want to see Kojima get pinned. And then I click on the second thing, right, on uh, New Japan World, and I see it's gone from Eddie Edwards and Satoshi Kojima tagging each other with with each other to, like, they're having a match against each other? And I'm like, what, what's going on here? And uh, at least that's what the little picture on New Japan World looks like. I'm like, okay. All right, are they going to show a clip from earlier in the show where they, like, we didn't win the tag title, so we're going to fight? No, nothing like that. Instead, it starts with, like, Kojima coming out to the ring, and he's ready to go. And then, for some reason, fucking, I see Big Cass, Cass's face, and he's, like, beat up backstage, uh... Eddie Edwards, and he cuts a promo on Kojima, and I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to see Big Cass versus Kojima, but uh, I think it just means that like Kojima, uh, not Kojima, uh, Eddie Edwards and Big Cass are going to feud, and I was just like, oh, okay, cool. I kind of forgot Big Cass existed, but that's all right. But then, uh, rather than just have him stand around, friggin' Brian Myers comes out with this other dude, Sam Beal, and they cut a promo on Kojima. And, you know, he's going to get, oh, is he going to get beat up or whatever? Yep, yep, they're beating him up. And then a dude comes out named Jake something. Uh, No, no, that's his name, Jake something. Right. Yeah. And he saves Kojima. And then a ref comes out and does a Teddy Long. So now it's a straight up (laughs) tag team match. (laughs) So now it's Jake something and Satoshi Kojima versus... uh, who was I talking about? Fucking Big Brian cast. Myers and Sam Beal. Oh. No, nah, it's Brian Myers, Sam Beal versus Jake something and Satoshi Kojima. It's it's a fine, solid match, of course. And Kojima puts the the bay of death on Mr. Sam Beal for the one, two, three, and that was it. Now, is speaking of running across the ocean and shit like that. All right, so he's just had a shot at the Impact Tag Team Titles. He's going to have a, sh- a shot at uh, at the never uh, the never open weight strong belt, I yeah. think. Yeah. And also, he's going for the six man never titles in Japan. So fucking hell, he's he's go- he's busy and he's going for gold everywhere. Well, yeah, we figured out. I mean, like they had just bought 
a new trophy case for Three Dead's gym, and it's empty. So, you know, I mean, Kojima's mm-hmm. trying to fill that up. While Tenzon's skipping out on his bills, Kojima's out there trying to win shit. So that's what's going on. Yeah, Tenzan didn't even put any money in for the uh, the case either, the trophy case. Nagata and uh, Nagata and Kojima bought that themselves. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, by the way, Jake something tremendous wrestler. Seen him many many yeah. times on the Indies. Nice guy. Um, and then that Sam Beal guy, he's getting booked around these parts every once in a while. I've seen him twice. Yeah. Yeah. I had I had similar th- uh, feelings actually. Uh, Jake something was pretty good. And uh, I saw Sam Beal there, and I was just like, yeah, he's jobbing. And uh, he did. So, So, uh, interesting thing about Jake something, he, on the uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode about Bruiser Brody, um, you know, they film stuff, like, in silhouette, so it kind of looks like the person in the ring. And and Jake something actually did that work. So he was the guy who played, you know, uh, Bruiser Brody in in the Vice documentary. Kind of cool. That's really cool. Holy shit, one of my dream jobs... We got these little videos here in Australia. They're called Crime Stoppers. And what will happen is, like, I don't know if they do it anymore because I don't really watch, like, normal TV. It's all, like, streaming shit, whatever. But they used to have these ads on the TV that will show you, like, a, a robbery and stuff, but it won't be, like, the real footage. It'll be, like, a reenactment right, of it. Right, yes, yes. And I was like, I would love that acting job. Like, <laughs> guy who held up liquor store... Uh, I don't know, with undies around his head or something like that. I don't know. I don't know why that would be an acting credit that I'd like, but uh, it would tickle me. That and I'd like to work in a video store. That would be fun. I can still get that job, right? Uh, no. Oh, um, God damn it. Yeah, I always wanted to be on Unsolved Mysteries. That was the one I... Yes. You know, and Robert Stack's doing his voiceover while I'm standing there looking perplexed, you know, because I murdered my wife, but I couldn't figure out how to, you know, you know, things. That's cool. (laughs) Yes, indeed. All right. So... Let's get to, let's get to some uh, Kizuna. Well, we got we got a lot of shit to talk about, Luke. Before we can get to the Kizuna. oh yeah, nice try. So we got another email, but uh, yep. right in between that, I want to tell you there's some news that just popped off. People might know about it already. Rep Pro has a show today, and Shota Umino was on the show, so that's good. It's the first time we've seen him in two yes. years or something like. So that's cool, and he's going to be on the Resurgence show. And he's carrying um, John Moxley's jacket still. <laughs> I think I, I said to said to you before the show, Mister Andy, and I'll, I'll say it again that uh, like my theory was he doesn't have to go on excursion anymore because right before he left for excursion, Moxley gave him his gimmick. He's like, here yes. you go, here's the jacket. That's right. He's the shooter. Yep. <laughs> Damn right. Every time I think of Shooter, though, I think of, like, uh, Christopher McDonald in Happy Gilmore. But that's all right. Oh, that's that guy, you know, I mean, he's he's got great acting credits to his name. But you know everyone sees him. They go, oh, my gosh, Shooter McGavin, you know. And um, he's fucking awesome in that movie. He makes that movie. It's so funny. He's awesome in that. He's also one of the most bearable things to watch in uh, Grease 2. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he is in that. All right. So... Before we get to Kazuna, we got another email. Anyone expecting us to get the, to the Kazuna fireworks factory, we can probably wait until there's fireworks behind. Yeah. Oh, you'll Andy. hear them. You're going to hear the fireworks. Yeah, that's right. So, all right, here we go. 
This is an email from Dave Howard, and it's called Cincy Wrestling. All right, Mr. Guy, you say that Cincinnati wrestling doesn't get any respect. Has anyone ever? Has anyone big ever come out of that town? I mean, the city is known for its chili. Yum. That's really what this email is about. I was just messing with you about uh, about right wrestlers from Cincy thing. Uh, there's a typo in there, but fuck it. I know it produced Brian Pillman. If no others ever came out of there, it would still be a great wrestling town in my mind. So yeah, let's talk about Skyline Chili. Does Grumpy even have half an idea what it is? No. Cool. <laughs> I've never seen those two words combined. <laughs> and two... Mr. Guy, do you like Skyline Chili? Thanks for the great work on the show. I appreciate you guys fighting off our robot overlord that has been tagging Australia as of late. <laughs> yeah, what a bastard. Yeah, he. I think we killed him. But uh, <laughs> you never know. He could rear his ugly head back at any time. You don't know. But uh, yeah. Okay, so you don't know what Skyline Chili is. And that is what Cincinnati is known for. Um, it's a local dish. It actually has Greek... Uh, roots and um it's not you know cincinnati it i it's it's not like cincinnati is mostly a german town as far as the ancestry but for some reason we have this like greek dish because a bunch of greek people moved in and started making this stuff what do you think it is do you have any idea you got a guess uh no, just just tell me. Okay, so chili is usually like meat and juices. Yeah, and yeah. I I don't know. I, I don't make chili, but um, it's full of all kinds of stuff, and um, it usually has kidney beans in it. If you can imagine chili without the kidney beans and maybe like a little more flavor packed into every bite, that's kind of what it tastes like. But here's the weird thing: is that instead of eating it like in a bowl, which you can do, but that's not. That's not what you do around here. You do you you can eat it on a coney. What do you know what a coney is? You ever heard of that? No. Okay, I've so heard that, of Coney Island. Um, it, it's maybe named after that. I don't know, but a coney is a hot dog on a hot dog bun with chili and cheese on it, and usually onions and mustard. But I don't play like that. I just go straight chili and cheese. Really, no mustard? I mean, you can. It comes with it on there. I asked for it not. It's okay, Luke. A day be different. One of us. One of us. <laughs> now, um, I, I had a person that I know from out of town once described that dish as like eating a grenade. And that's fairly mm -hmm. accurate, you know, because it will explode at some point inside of you. Now, the but the, the proper way to actually eat Cincinnati chili is over spaghetti noodles with cheese on top. And that is called a three-way. Although you can get a four-way and a five-way. And uh, who knows what else, but uh, that's kind of the way that most people eat it around here. It's very strange. What do you think of that, Luke? I think I'm hungry, and uh, I, I need some chili or some kind of hot dog in my stomach right now. Fair enough. Or, or grenade. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as Cincinnati, Cincinnati Wrestling, here are some of the names of the folks that have come from this area. Um, right. Most notably... At this time, John Moxley. You know, obviously, he's from oh, yeah. right, right down the road from me. So, um, and uh, famous trainer, uh, former wrestler, backstage guy, Les Thatcher, uh, is from here as well. Most people probably know him from the episode of MTV, I Want to Be a Pro Wrestler or whatever, where he was on that. And um, there's a bunch of Cincinnati guys on that. Uh, Abyss is from our area, uh, northern, nice. northern Kentucky, but he's trained in Cincinnati and claims to be from there. Um 
Brian Pillman, obviously, and Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, Wildcat Chris Harris, who you you may be like, well, who's that? Who's that? Uh, he used to be in uh, Impact with James Storm, and they were right. like a tag team. That's right. Um, he's also the guy that took that crazy bump off the cage um, when I can't remember who it was, but during some X Divisions match, the dude runs across the cage and does a Hurricane Rana on top of the cage, and Chris. I remember him. Yeah. So. And Chris Harris is uh, still wrestles in the area. He's you know he's an interesting guy, and uh, someone that most people don't know is from Cincinnati, or at least he trained here, and and this is kind of where most people know him from, Eli Drake. So uh, or L.A. Knight or whatever you want to call him. So he's from the area as well. So as you can see, we have one big star that has just become a big star, and then a bunch of other guys that are kind of like oh yeah yeah oh yeah I remember oh yeah you know what I mean like there's not. And, and, and so because of that, you know, Cincinnati just doesn't have that kind of reputation for guys coming out of here. However, we are in the hotbed of Midwest wrestling. And here in about three to five years, I would think that that's going to change. In fact, it used to be just a couple of years ago, Dayton, just about an hour north of us was the hotbed. And that's where like Sammy Callahan and a bunch of canceled wrestlers all came from. But more importantly... Uh-huh. Two guys that are on NXT that are, I think they're the tag champions. The um, they were formerly the Rascals, and I don't, I can't remember what they're called now. What their tag team partner is, I think it's like Wesley and Carter Nash or something like that. Uh, those guys are awesome, and they're from Dayton. I watched them come up. So there's a there's guys coming up, but that's kind of. You know, we, we're we not known for John Cena or something like that. Or coming, having a, a huge amount of, like, training and stuff like that going on here. And a, a lot of that is because of the territory system kind of still being alive around here a little bit. Um, y- you know, for example, if you work for a certain promotion and you get booked, like, six months in advance for some other promotion that's in another state, then all of a sudden the promoter of your home promotion will be like, well, what the fuck, man? You did, I, I was supposed to book you that day, but you already booked. Well, now you got heat and you're unbooked. You know, like that kind of shit happens all the time. And so that really puts a damper on growth. And I hate it. So there's my spiel about Cincy Wrestling. Thanks, uh, Dave Howard, for uh, providing us with that uh, Mr. Andy rant there. We don't we don't get a uh, Mr. Guy rant that often. So that was nice. I, got I enjoyed one. it. Hey, I got another one for you later. But I mean, it's whenever we talk about Gleet. So, and we're gonna hear. I think we're gonna hear a grumpy rant too. So. <laughs> oh, well, look, let's let's do it. We've held off, like uh, on Kazuna. We'll just hold off a little bit more. And right, so when the first night of Kazuna was taking place, uh, at the same time. Uh, over at the Tokyo Dome or part of the Tokyo Dome, somewhere around there, there was a show for something called Gleet. And I had to look at Gleet tweets all night. None of them really spoiled anything for me. I didn't didn't know who's who or anything like that. But I I checked out the the Gleet show and, all right, let's let's just get started with the stuff I did like, which was all of the pro wrestling I saw this really cool guy, L. Linderman, who I desperately want to change. Look, dude, you 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 look cool. You're you're a beast. He's a he's a small guy, but can throw guys around. He's got he's wiry, lots of muscle. And I, and I was like, but you've got your Jiro, you've got pimp juice hair. Get rid of that. <laughs> like it's the same kind of swept back, bleached blonde hair. No, 
no, no, no, no, no. At least he doesn't have jorts or anything like that. He was awesome. And I saw some other really awesome wrestlers that I didn't really know before. Also found found out just by watching it that they have a, I think they're going to have a women's division. They had women's matches on it. Okay. So that's that was pretty cool. And I, that's, I had a really good time just like watching uh, people I didn't really know before. Uh, just wrestle it out. Like I saw some other, this other cool guy named Seema. He was really cool. He was with these other two guys called, and they're called Strong Hearts. I like, I like that idea. They, they were in pretty... AEW originally before the pandemic. You remember that? No. Yeah, they were. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess they live in Japan and they couldn't get back over. Must I, be. Yeah. Yeah, and look, I, I'm really enjoying this. I'm like, okay, cool, wrestling's. All right, I'll check this out again. Cool, I like it. And then something happens. The halfway point gets hit. And then it's this kind of UWF match. And it's the first one. And I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? This is like everyone both got five points each. Then they start rolling the fuck around on the ground. Like, like it's like real fighting and stuff. And there's not really all that much in terms of moves and shit and I'm, I'm thinking to myself look i can see why people like this but i really don't and so i went from like watching every single match that was on this Gleet show to being like all right this is a uwf match i don't care about that so i'll just uh, skip it what's the next match Oh, cool. It's a, it's a women's match. All right. Awesome. No, no, that's UWF too. No, fuck that. Don't want that. Then I was like, uh, oh, look, a third. No, that's also that. Oh, no. And then I'm like, oh, no. Show's going to be like this match, isn't it? And I was right. And the show match was the one I watched the most of in this kind of format. And I didn't watch it all because I'm sorry, everyone. I like my pro wrestling shows to be pro wrestling. <laughs> I don't care how weird or crazy it is or how scripted or unscripted it is. I like my pro wrestling shows to be pro wrestling. I remember being a bit grumpy a few weeks ago when I'm watching Dynamite and you've got fucking Wardlow and Jake Hager in the in some kind of octagon on AEW. And I'm just like, you can't fake fight that, dude. It's like, what are you doing? Just have a normal match. Get out of here. So, yeah, it, it doesn't gel for me not that much at all uh, so yeah i mean everyone listening and yourself could probably be like luke you barely gave it a chance but i'm just like well i got other shit i can do and i hadn't watched the kojima on impact yet so i was just like yeah i'm, I'm doing something else so yes uh <clears throat> i liked i really enjoyed the wrestling portion but the other portion of it where there's rolling around it might as well have been grass and shit like that fucking Anoki <laughs> match It's not, not for me. So if anyone enjoyed that stuff, awesome. Enjoy it, man. That's probably why they're doing it. They want you to enjoy that stuff. But I don't, I don't care about that. I don't mind if anyone brings like UWF style into a wrestling match, or if they bring, you know, Mutai or quag magar or whatever it's called you know fighting styles from around the world i don't care if they bring that into wrestling but i don't need to see just like real fighting that's not what i'm into anyway that was my experience watching gleet mr andy 
You know, a while back we covered a tag match. I think we did two of these, and it was two guys from UWF, and I can't remember their names because they were. I remember that. It was so undescript. Muda was in the match, yeah. But it was it was awesome because they mixed that shit with pro wrestling, right? And it was yeah. like, okay, this is good stuff. So um, I'll try to make this short. But um, you told me about this, and and I was like. Oh, this is UWF I rules. Um, and uh, that's something I'm familiar with in a very strange way. Um, I'll tell the story quick. So uh, I think it's probably almost two and a half years ago, maybe almost three years ago now. There's a, a local promotion that I've been kind of friendly with the people that run it ever since they started four or five years ago. And it's called Paradigm Pro Wrestling. It's based out of Indiana, but they run shows all over the Midwest. And uh, there's this guy in particular named Lawyer Gary. That's what I call him anyway, Lawyer Gary. And he, um, he, he uh, Lexus Montez gave him that nickname. Um, and that's what we call him. So Lawyer Gary. Uh, I met Lawyer Gary's mom last week too. And I was like, I was like, I call him Lawyer Gary. And she's like, me too. <laughs> yeah. Which that's was awesome. Funny. Uh, apparently it's not a very original nickname but uh anyway so lawyer gary um has he loved uwfi which was a promotion in the 90s that was kind of came out of uwf it's super complicated i don't know the kind of way it works as far as how that'll happen but uwfi rules is basically what you've described it's like a shoot style where pins don't count and takedowns matter and rope breaks get lose you points and sometimes it comes down to a submission or knockout but it can also come to a ref or a uh, uh, judge's decision. I also mm. know um, a UWFI judge that has been judging these uh, these matches that Lawyer Gary. Oh yeah, I didn't get to that part. So Lawyer Gary loves UWFI, so he brought it back and started running all UWFI shows two and a half years ago. And at that time, that was the only promotion in the world doing that in some town in Indiana. And uh, and he, you know, he brought that back. And I wonder, you know, if if somebody heard about that, because those shows have been really successful. They've done really well for Paradigm and they've made them kind of like a it's become a staple of their product that people really enjoy. Now, I know you don't enjoy it. And honestly, I don't really either. I, I find them I, like a lot of times I see guys like Calvin Tankman is a guy that often will. Um, be in a UWFI match and I always think to myself man I sure wish this was like something like a normal match because I'd much rather see that um, however you know it's it's something new and it's different and I think new and different is good so I respect the idea the point is is that um, I know a guy that you know one of the guys that's been judging these and is now you know and, and has been now for quite some time the official um, world's leader and knowledge about UWFI rules, and that's Chad French of MidwestTerritory.com. He kind of set me straight on the history of that and all that stuff and what the difference between it was at UWF and UWFI. There really isn't a difference. It's just one's a promotion, one's a rule set, and a promotion. So it's kind of confusing. Okay. And now Gleet is using UWF rules and not calling UWFI because somebody probably owns the uh, the trademark over there in Japan. Yeah. We don't know. You know, so... It's, it's just weird to me to see, oh, this is happening in Japan now, where it started. Well, actually, that's that's not true. It, it originally did start in America, by the way, which is crazy. But um, point is, is that Paradigm has been bringing in, to make this exciting and make it feel like a real UWFI show, they brought in guys like Filthy Tom Lawler, you know, and uh, some, some of the original guys from UWFI have come in and fought. It's pretty neat to see guys that you don't see in that situation put in that like Lexus Montez he excels at those matches some because he's a he's a Muay Thai guy so it works great for him some people 
it does not work good for and it exposes them and it's like man if you don't have a good working punch they're like throwing these like wild haymaker like arms not forearms whole arms and it just looks awful because it's they're they're trying not to hurt the guy but they do have to make contact and it's like three quarters shoot but it isn't so it's a little weird however there are some guys that are very good at it and paradigm is doing something interesting luke that you might like is that they are they have been and, and are mixing guys up so they'll have like a uwf guy versus a hardcore guy or whatever and so they have mm-hmm. these kind of different stables or groups of people within the company that are known for these particular types of matches and so getting those guys mixed up is fun but it's just neat to see that coming out so I, I hit up lawyer gary and i asked him if he knew about gleet and he's oh yeah you know of course he knew about it he's been watching it since it started eight ten months ago or something like that and this was like their first big show that was like stream live i think in its entirety i think um a lot yeah. of it's been one-off matches and, and like small shows but this was this was something big and so new japan helped out and that's pretty cool i agree um that was my original reason for checking it out oh show's going to be on this and then it wasn't a wrestling match i i can see why people might dig that stuff i'd rather see it incorporated into um pro wrestling yeah that's just how i'm wired i guess uh i i am not one of those wrestling fans that also likes uh mma uh i don't give a shit about real fighting really yeah I, i i don't follow boxing or you know, uh, MMA or any of that stuff. Yeah, I like my fighting are, scripted. If you are a boxing fan, this is something that might feel more familiar to you. You know, in in yeah. like sport, is more serious. Like, oh, it's presented like a sport. So I get why it, it Japanese fans might like it. You know. Yeah. Um, if Glee do more shows, I, I mean, and there's no New Japan show on that night, I might check it out again. But. I'd probably be like, oh, the first half is wrestling. Sweet. Uh, I'll watch that. And then when the other stuff turns up, I'll be like, yeah, I'm done now. Bye. Have fun, everyone. And I'm so sorry, Luke. I almost forgot. Chad French, uh, the world's uh, leader of um, knowledge on UWFI, he wanted me to mention that he's very handsome like me. So I just want to throw that out there. So, All right. I'll shout out to his handsomeness. I don't think this episode of the Never Open podcast would be the same without us uh, mentioning his handsomeness. And I'm glad that he is so handsome. Uh, and I'm just saying that he is handsome just based on you saying he is because I don't know who, what he looks like. But <laughs> if you say he's handsome, I just I will just believe you <laughs> straight off the bat. Dude, man. These are good yeah. people. But uh, yeah, okay, I'm finally ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it, Kasuna. <laughs> night one. We're at uh, Korakuen Hall for both shows. Uh, first night, we have Tanahashi on commentary. We do see a new young lion. Now, is this the, the young lion that broke his arm, the poor yes. bastard? Or, yes, yeah. that's him. Oh, man, poor guy. But, uh, yeah, so he's, he's around doing young lion shit. And <clears throat> here we go. We get our first match. It's El Desperado, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Doki versus Shredder. El Fantasmo and Jado. And I was like, I looked at this match. I was like, all right, cool. Jado can eat the pin here. We can get a Doki win, right? Come on. I want to see some Doki W's. <laughs> I want him to win some matches because he's awesome. He gets the fans pumped up. He's that guy, man. Like, I, 
you know, when the Suzuki goons making a comeback, sometimes he'll be a part of that and he'll get the crowd cheering and he'll do some crazy shit and, or he'll bump like mad. I like him, but, uh, Gato likes seeing him pinned, I guess, cause, uh, <laughs> bloody cross on, on poor Doki and, uh, he gets uh, pinned again, and Jado does not get pinned, and I was just like, oh, come on! He doesn't even care! No, he doesn't. He doesn't even care. See, Doki, you see him wrestling, you're like, that motherfucker cares. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least Jado stopped doing those terrible punches. He doesn't do those as much anymore. Those are so bad. Um, okay, so you, you mentioned the shaved head young lion. He's back. Um, he's at ringside doing the thing where he just stands there with his arm out, which Naito makes fun of him for later. But ELP, um, goes, you know, like messes with his mask and yells at him and then ball taps him and dude, no sells the ball tap. Just, just no sells it. Amazing. That's uh, that's balls and nerves of steel. I love that. Um, in this match, we had an assisted Canadian boot from Giotto. Thank you, Jado. That is that is <laughs> levels of Canadianness I didn't know existed. But um, ELP he mixed in um, his back rake this time. This time instead of doing the top rope um, walk, he does a second rope walk. <laughs> this is really funny. Um, here's my big takeaway though from this match is that uh, Desperado versus Ishimori is gonna be awesome. And yes. it's like, and I, I, I'm not trying to be a dick, but man, it's going to be so much better than, than yo versus Desperado. It just is. Um, last thing that happened in this match that was pretty funny is the commentary guys actually called the Doki Choki, but they were like, Doki Choki, you know, that's kind of what they said. So we gotta, you know, we gotta. Doki Choki! Doki Choki! That's how you do it, fellas. Okay. Let's, let's yeah. get it right. All right. So, but it was fun. This, th- this show was awesome. This was my favorite of the two nights, for sure. And I loved everything on this show, almost. I I think I know why you like this uh, show so much. We'll get to that match. <laughs> but here we go. Our second match of the night. We've got Bushi, Naito, and Sonata versus uh, the Dangerous Techers and Minaro Suzuki. And I'm thinking to myself, you're fuck Bushi. That's, that's it. Like, you're the only pitable guy in this six-man. So one of these three people are probably going to stretch you and that's uh that's definitely what happened i can't remember who tapped him out because at the end of that match everybody uh, everybody is in (laughs) submission holds and uh and no one can save poor bushy so bushy gets oh he he has to tap out and i will to tai chi yeah so tai chi taps him out while zack saber jr has uh, sonata all twisted up and Minaro Suzuki's taken care of uh, Tetsuya Naito. Now, it's good to see Suzuki again, and I'm ready for him to do something. Can we do something, Miss Suzuki, please? Like, please, New Japan, please do it. Yeah. Do something with Suzuki. Yeah, he needs uh, to. I don't know if he wants a lighter schedule or if he's, like, dialing it back and letting other members of Suzuki gun, you know, go to the forefront, I guess. I don't know. He's an older dude, so I guess if he wants to take it easy at this point in his career, I guess he can. But, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy I notice when he's not doing much, and I want to see him do much. I could talk about how this match has no story progression, and how it is fun, and how Bushi runs wild a couple times in this match, and like the yeah. entire Suzuki Goon team is like selling for him. It's great. But here's what I'd say instead. 
because I'm not going to say those other things. Um, but uh, is, that, <laughs> is that um, we did have a bit of news that you sent me earlier, and we seem to have forgotten about, and that is that uh, at the new the Tokyo Dome show that's going to be on the 25th, the Wrestling Grand Slam, uh, Toriyanu yeah. has demanded that he um, defend his uh, his uh, kapow championship, his his trophy. And so I would wager um, that Suzuki is going to be involved in that somehow. Oh, man, that would be great. So, yeah, <clears throat> we didn't uh, mention it at the start, but it is going to be a pre-show Rambo for WrestleGland Slam in the Tokyo Dome. Uh, hopefully by pre-show it, it's, like, on TV so we can also watch it. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. So uh, what's going to happen this time, though, is I think this Rambo thing was that Battle Royal. And remember when he came out last? Didn't even, you, you ring, yes. <laughs> didn't even have to get in the ring and he qualified. Well, for this match, uh, uh, I think uh, he, he, won't be, he won't be the last out this time. I'm not going to read out the whole article. So he'll be out earlier. So he'll actually have to wrestle. And then uh, at Wrestle Kingdom, I don't know, that's from the old one. But, yeah, uh, I'm not reading the whole article out. I obviously didn't read it before the show. But uh, he won't but, uh, <laughs> he won't be the last out like last time. So it's going to be something different. So, yeah, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I was thinking about that uh, over the course of the last two shows. I did send a tweet out going, who's next for that, that King of Pro Wrestling trophy? It's been a while, yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> and I think you know. I think Okada at this point has given up. I don't think he wants it anymore. You know, uh, he's too busy getting pissed off while he wrestles young lions and disappearing. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're doing with Okada. They need a direction for him, stat. If it's uh, not being a belt, the belt guy. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And also something else that was confirmed that we've we've known about ever since. Uh, uh, Jay White won that title and did his backstage comments that his next challenger was going to be David Finley, and uh, it's been confirmed. Now it's actually official, and that'll take place in Resurgence on August 14th. So, yay, we're getting that match, finally. Yeah, that'll be cool, man. Um, yep. But, uh, you know, I mean, all that's fine, and all that's good and everything, but, I mean... It's dads versus the world, Luke. It's dads it versus the world. Um, and as we heard from Ian, he's your dad. He's my dad. They're all of our dads, you know? And uh, I'm excited yep. about what's going to happen here. We had some uh, really fun stuff going on with the dads. And uh, I, I'm not saying that this was our idea. I'm not saying that we came up with all this or anything. But, man, you know, it feels good when uh, stuff we're talking about is going on on New Japan. We like that. Yes, yes, we do. So there's five matches on this card and no young line matches and there's lots of people not on and stuff because we got three singles matches to get through. And I kind of like that New Japan doesn't do this often where, all right, they've got a major tag match coming up. Uh, put them in special singles matches beforehand. I don't know if they haven't done that much since I've started watching New Japan, but I've noticed they've done it a couple times now. Uh, they did it for the tag teams like uh, you know Gorillas of Destiny and the Techers, and now they're doing it with uh, Dads versus the Chaos Boys. It's 
just what I call those three. And we start with probably my least favorite of the three, but I still enjoyed it. It's Yoshihashi versus Hiroyoshi Tenzan. And my first note is, man, like, I don't want to be chopped by Yoshihashi. I, I really don't want to be chopped by Ishii, but I don't want to be chopped by Yoshihashi either. Uh, Tenzan's chest, like... I thought it. I thought no chest could get as bad as Tenzin's chest this night, but uh, I was wrong. But uh, <laughs> I like this match. I, I'm, I'm guessing you probably didn't, but I thought it was as good as it could be. They were both pretty solid, and you know it, it worked a solid match. It wasn't too short and it wasn't too long. It was fine, you know. And uh, Tenzin uh, didn't expect him to tap out to the butterfly lock, but he does, and I'm just like. Yoshi, I think it's because he's, what, normal finisher takes so long to put on that <laughs> this is a move, by the way, that I see Pentagon just easily putting on every week. And it's not even one of his finishes. It's just a move he does. But Yoshihashi can never just put on karma, just ever. And so I, I think he's just stopped trying now because oh, I can actually put the butterfly lock on people. Sweet. And yeah. So there you go. Yoshi mm-hmm. wins. I was fucking fired up for this, man, believe it or not. Um, last time right. these guys had a match, it was really good. You know, it was in the New Japan Cup, and Tenzan was bumping around like a maniac. He made Yoshihashi look right. great. And, uh, you know, this was not much different. I mean, Yoshihashi is a disrespectful little shit. The Chaos guys are heels in this whole situation. Oh, definitely. They're just pricks. And, like, they do the rope break thing, and he just slaps fucking Tenzan, and Tenzan's like, what? You know, come on, man. So, so we got, you know, uh, Yoshihashi disrespecting Tenzon, and then, um, you know, Tenzon, or and then he's also disrespecting the crowd because he slaps on a Randy Orton headlock, like towards the beginning of the match. <laughs> <Motherfucker>. <laughs> and the match is really good, though. Uh, Yoshi goes to the chops anytime he gets in trouble, and he he fucks up Tenzon's chest. But I mean, you know, it's nothing compared to what we're about to see. So uh, I just uh, I got mad at Chumpy during this match once because he just stood there and watched the pin, and then was like, "Oh shit!" and went and counted it. And I was like, "Fuck you, dude! That was like a five count on Yoshi." And I wanted Tenzon to win, and I'm bummed that th- he didn't win. But I did hear that Yoshihashi is now banned from Three Dads Gym. <laughs> yes, he is, dude. You called this night, and then, uh, and then after the what happens at these matches happens. Well, you 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 put your wrestling thinking cap on. You're like, well, how's the next night gonna go? Oh yeah, oh it's gonna be like that, isn't it? And it yeah. was. Yeah. So well, we got our second match now. It's Satoshi Kojima versus uh, Hiroki Goto. I thought it was great. Hard-hitting stuff. Both men wailed on each other quite nicely. And uh, I got so worried, though, that uh, Goto was winning. There was a couple, couple times where he was getting close to putting on, like, a Yoshigoroshi or a GTR. But I really like the end here. We've got uh, uh, Kojima trying to hit the, the baguette of death lariat. And no, once, nope, uh Goto dodges it the second time. Nope, he dodges it the second time. Then the third time, he just catches him and just fucking smack. And then I'm really happy. And I'm really happy because Kojima just beat Goto. And also, I'm really happy because I I know as soon as you see this match and the finish, you're just going to have a giant-ass smile on your face. (laughs) I had a smile the whole time. This night was made me so happy. I loved it. 
Um, okay, so there's a lot to get into here. Uh, you know, with the beginning, they brawl around on the outside, and Mr. Bread just screams at Chumpy. Because Chumpy's, like, trying to get him back in the ring. He's like, fuck you, Chumpy is awesome. <laughs> you know, because Kojima has that really angry voice he does. And, my God, it's, oh, yeah. it's scary. You're Like, you you suddenly, like, I cleaned my room last time he yelled like that. So, you know, like, when I heard it this time, I took out the trash. And I missed a couple more. Oh, shit. That. So, um, yeah, I just want to make sure Dad was happy. You know, I don't know why he was so mad. But um, Asshole Goto. They're brought on the outside, you know, and uh, here comes uh, Mr. Bread with the lariat and asshole Goto's like, oh, let me get out of the way and uh, causes uh, Mr. Bread to lariato the ring post, which is the real hardest part of the ring, by the way. And, yes, uh, and that you, is true. And you have to be careful. There's four of them and they come out of nowhere. So they're, they outnumber you anyway. Be careful. Um, so, <laughs> you know, we all know that Goto um, is is the worst and uh, he does a couple things in this match that make me so angry i just want to like i don't know fly to japan and punch him in the face and uh one of them was is that he starts working the baguette he's working the baguette so he's trying to take out the fucking baguette from the equation which is not going to happen because you know if if kojima can run across the pacific ocean with his arm out he can beat goto with it you know it's fine um Goto even tries his own I'm coming for you bastard spot, but falls when Mr. Bread Lariatos him off the top rope. Which is yes. Um, Kojima has an awesome comeback where he barely gets the bag up and Goto just kind of collapses when he runs into it. Uh, we see Yoshihashi ringside too, by the way, with his arm all taped up. And he's the only Chaos member that's ringside for these these final two matches. Goto had to hide his head in shame, as he should always do after the end of this match. Um, and and you're right. I mean, like the the end it was just like you said. I really liked it a lot. Um, I thought that it was awesome that Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bread got the kick out of the reverse GTR and a front GTR or draping GTR, and he kicked out of both. That was great. Yeah. Um, Goto, oh, and the finish was awesome. Okay, so Goto tries his, like, direction change running the ropes thing, and Kojima's just like, no, and just destroys him with the bag out of death. It was fucking great. He's like, no, you're not going to run all over the ring. I'm going to kill you. You're dead. So yeah. that was that. Now, um, we love Kojima. And it's, you know, I don't know if it's been a while or not, but uh, Kojima has Twitter and he's great at it. And he did tweet about this match. So I wanted to, uh, you know, bring in our Kojima tweet of the week right here to kind of, you know, wrap this up. And uh, the Kojima tweet of the week reads, quote, Corrigan Hall tournament is over. Hiroki Goto was insanely strong. All the tricks worked too strong. Maybe it's the time when Abra is riding the most. It hurts all over my body, but tomorrow is a title match. I don't want to lose, unquote. So I looked up at what Abra is, and it's A-B-R-A, and that is either a Bitcoin or a bipedal Pokemon that has mind powers. Okay. I, I went Kadabra straight away, but all right. That's <laughs> fair. Also, Mr. Andy, if you really need to get to Japan... I don't know, flights are probably expensive or non-existent due to COVID and you're not going there for work. What you can do is the next time Kojima is in America, just uh, strap yourself onto his back and when he runs back across the ocean, you can you can get your ass to Japan and uh, get your ass kicked by Goto. Uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll sit on his arm. All right. <laughs> like, I've never seen the... Uh, you've seen the, uh, the SpongeBob movie. 
Have you ever seen that? I think so. They come across what's his name, um, the guy from Baywatch, and he just and they 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 ride him like he's a boat. It's <laughs> that movie's really funny. Just saying. I remember that actually. I, I do remember that. But see something I remember even better. It's our next match. Look at that transition, everyone. Yeah. I can hear the claps happening right now. Oh my god, he's so masterful at it. All right, so <laughs> here we go. Yuji Nagata versus Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, let's just put the, the jingle on it right now. Oh, yes, yes. Sorry, I didn't have it ready. I don't know why I didn't have it ready. My God, this is like 100%. Never as fuck. There we go. Now, this has, this has the start of this match has a wrestling trope that I love. I don't know if I've mentioned if I love it or not. Oh, wow, I usually hate all tropes, so I'm... I'm, I'm yeah. Like... If I start doing fucking flashbacks, I'm going to go nuts. All right. <laughs> All right. So I like it when, and this happens in a lot of wrestling matches, not just this one, a lot of wrestling matches. I always like it. It's when the two wrestlers start um, attacking each other, but they're, they're dodging it. And then they'll they'll dodge a few moves by each other. Then they'll freeze and they'll look each other at each other. And they're like, all right, all right. And the crowd claps. And I'm like, yeah, me too. All right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like... It's like another way of doing a kind of feeling out process, I guess. But it, it makes for an exciting start. I really like that. Uh, this match, as as uh, as we just uh, pressed the jingle, is never as fuck. Not just the attacking by both men, but the, just the, the sheer selling from uh, both guys as well. There's Nagata just blasts Ishii several times and just beats the shit out of him. He even called for a ref stoppage at one point, like... Ishii's down and not moving, and he's and he Nagata turns to the ref. He's like, "Oi, check him. He's yeah. fucked. Do it, man. It was awesome." And it turns out someone can do chops better than Yoshihashi, or m- more painful. And his name is Tomohiro Ishii. Because if you thought Tenzan's chest was fucked by the end of this uh, his match with Yoshi, oh my god, there were points where like Yuji uh, Nagata is just like selling and. He's not really moving that much. He's just kind of going, ah, and touching his chest, going, ah, like that. And you feel that pain. You fucking feel that pain. And this match gets freaking nuts. Like, there's a top rope brain buster. There's a freaking top rope exploder. There's this snap German suplex by Nagata onto Ishii that made me shit my pants. Uh, These two fucking kill each other. But finally, there's a brain buster, and Ishii wins. This match was awesome. It's fantastic. This match is so yeah. good. I was watching this and I'm thinking to myself, man, I wish uh, wish uh, Moxley and Nagata had had time on AEW to do something like this. That would have been cool because this was a longer match. And um, as you said, it chops the match. Um, but it's exactly what you think it is. It's these, you know, this reminded me too of the Suzuki versus Nagata match. Uh, you know, that yeah. was like the first one that was like the big Never's Fuck match when we came back uh, from COVID. And uh, this match highlighted a couple amazing things. Um, one is we talk about double downs every once in a while on the show. And we mention that as a term. And basically that's a, a way uh, – a double down is a way to kind of like build the suspense up again because basically both guys get knocked down at the same time. Who will get up first? You know what I mean? That's kind of the deal. And a lot of times a double down happens late in the match. 
and it's formulaic and it feels right because it's it's pro wrestling and everything but it's it doesn't feel organic and this match had a bunch of really organic double downs where guys the guys hit each other and both went down and you're like they can't both get up no no one's getting up you know and so they both they just have to chill for a second because like you said ref had to check on both of them during this match that was that was yep. something that happened a couple times in the match because uh, they were just fucking each other up um, <laughs> it's amazing we also had another great thing. I mean, these guys are pros, dude. Um, Nagata slaps on uh, Nagata lock number three, and it's it's really long. But, you know, normally you might be like, oh, Randy Orton headlock, you know. But in this situation, Ishii's selling it like crazy. Nagata's yelling. His chest is all bright red and purple. And it looks like he's going to pull Ishii's head off. And I'm like, that's a fucking hold right there. You know, I love that. That shit was awesome. Um, Hell yeah. So, and then my my last kind of thing that I loved about this match was <laughs> was Ishii gets hit with like a, a top rope uh, exploder, right? And he kind of bounces when he when he hits the mat, and so he <laughs> and so he he rolls when he hits the mat again and sells towards Nagata, so Nagata doesn't have to move to put the pin on. And I was like, oh my god, Ishii, you're the best wrestler ever. <laughs> when we when we talk about Ishii making his opponents look good. We've we've mentioned in detail many things, but if you watch this match, you'll see him just positioning himself to make Nagata not have to move. And that's another way to make your opponent look awesome when your opponent's the oldest 53-year-old. So, I mean, he's everybody's dad and he's old as fuck. So, I mean, you got to help the guy out. And boy, did he. Um, the chops were insane. Go to our Twitter and just watch that one video I posted of Ishii just chopping <laughs> <laughs> with the sound on it is awesome good shit yeah. fucking love this match yep i also noticed in one point during the match they mentioned both aew and john moxley yes. i don't know uh what was said but you know it was probably just them mentioning that uh, yuji nagata had a title match recently against moxley might just be all a bit of that or maybe they're dropping his name because uh, mox will have a match against someone uh coming up i don't know who uh, they they better hurry up he moxley with, uh, has uh he has wins against both those guys yes yes he does uh for ishii though it was uh during the g1 that was that crazy match where ishii does a splash so to the outside through a table awesome that match is so awesome that's so amazing yeah oh my yeah yeah that <laughs> Man, Moxley's whole G1 run was just incredible. There were so many good matches. But yeah, that was awesome match. Great way to finish night one. And, you know, and all right, everyone, if you put your wrestling cap on, all right, so Yoshi pins Tenzan, Ishii pins Nagata, but Kojima pins Goto. So I wonder what the finish will be in night two. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, and it, go ahead. I'm sorry, Luke. Uh, oh, I was going to go straight into Kazuna Night 2, but I just remembered we have another strong review. We Should are, we do that? We're on the same fucking page, my friend. I was Hell just going to yeah. mention that. That's awesome. All right, yeah, so here's the uh, – this is for the show that was last night as we're recording, which would be July 3rd. Um, and uh, this – I don't – I have no idea what's happening on these shows, so I'm very interested to hear because, again, I'm expecting Switchblade to show up on one of these shows. So we'll see what happens. Here we go. Hi Luke and Andy, this is Ian with another New Japan Strong Review. 
as this was 4th of July weekend, New Japan Strong was celebrating with fireworks frenzy. How exciting, I bet they have all sorts of fun costumes and gimmick matches for this. Oh, wait, it's just Kevin Kelly and Alexander Kozlov making a few inane jokes about barbecues. As a Brit <laughs> listening, this made the whole thing feel as American as apple sushi. First match on the card was Adrian Quest versus Leo Rush. There's no better way to be reminded that all these matches were recorded months ago than to hear Kevin Kelly ask, could Leo Rush at some point challenge for the strong openweight championship? (laughs) Overall, this isn't a bad match. Rush is always fun to watch. Adrian Quest has a long way to go on his journey, though, and Step 1 is losing his terrible ring gear. Following this, we had Hikaleo versus Jordan Clearwater. Oh shit. I will absolutely give credit to Jordan Clearwater for being a talented wrestler. In fact, him being a talented wrestler is one of the only things I remember about him. Commentary describe him as a modern-day Superman, business by day, wrestler by night, which honestly is a terrible description of Superman. Yeah. Hikaleo is continuing to improve. Someone is actually bothering to show him how to fight like a big man. There's points in this match that lacked a certain fluidity, but ultimately it was pretty good. In our main event, Fred Rosser faced off against Bateman in a grudge match months in the making. Not 0.5 months, to be exact. (laughs) Kevin Kelly describes this as everything you would want out of a main event, and... In a week where we saw Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega, Sammy Guevara versus MJF, Atsushi Onita returning with an exploding ring match, and Ishii and Nagata having an epic dad fight, Kevin, you might need to broaden your horizons a little. <laughs> I will give credit where it's due to this match. It was well wrestled. Bateman is a serviceable ring technician, and Rosser works a good TV style, but Bateman's in-ring doesn't match his affect at all, and Rosser's main value is in honing young ring talent. Rosser won out, which was the right choice, not least because it lets us pack this feud away. This was a serviceable episode of New Japan Strong, but nothing special, and it felt like the nothing special might be on purpose. The episode felt like they were finishing up and tidying away story elements before the tag tournament. This is necessary, and shows do it all the time. In fact, AEW just spent a month doing this. But it did mean that the show was adequate rather than amazing. Still, all will be forgiven if the upcoming tag tournament is as good as it could be. Thanks guys, and until next week, keep it strong. Man, okay, so... The only thing he remembers about Jordan Clearwater is that he's, like, okay in the ring? What about the fact that I beat him? What about that? You don't remember that? Come on, Ian! Damn. Yeah, you've just wounded Mr. Mr. Andy deeply. <laughs> He'll never recover from this. <laughs> Not financially, you know. What do you guys shit your pants if, like... <laughs> It's like, okay, resurgence starts, right? You know, and it's it's the dark match or it's a pre-show match or something. And the never open uh, theme hits and I walk out and then <laughs> Jordan Clearwater just beats the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, you got to get got to get his win back. That's, that's for sure. Never, hey, never. there's uh, someone that we forgot to mention. You sent me the Tweety last night, so I don't know if he's trolling or if it's real, but... Uh, 
Kenta is alluding to the fact that he is back in Japan. Correct, yes. So, yes, thank you. Been missing Kenta. Thank you, New Japan, for uh, having one of your wrestlers appear on your show. <laughs> yes, that would be great. I, You know, I was just thinking the other day when, after I sent you that, I was like, you know what would be great? And, of course, this, this wouldn't happen anytime soon, but, man, Kenta versus Jay White? Hmm. Hmm. Well, you got a few top dogs in Bullet Club right yeah. now. You've got like you got Evil, Jay White, and Kenta, and there's two blocks in a G1. So two of them are going to have to wrestle yeah. each other. Mm, it could happen. You know, um, I'd be very interested in that match. So yeah, yeah, same. But I reckon it'll end up being uh, either Evil versus Kenta or Kenta, oh, sorry, or Evil versus Jay. I don't think we'll get Kenta versus Jay. That's just my how my brain's thinking about well, it right we'll now. We'll see. I mean, we don't know what Evil's up to. We don't have any idea, and we won't know. We don't. We do know he's got a kick-ass new T-shirt that made me shit my britches. But, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I'm doing a lot of britches uh, shitting. You know, it's all started from the gutter's amazing snap German. <laughs> what do you What do you call diapers uh, down there? Is that what you call them? Diapers? Uh, you can't call them diapers. They're called nappies. Nappies. You need need some. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. I need need some confidence. And all right, so here we go. <laughs> we've got Kazuna Night Two, and we've got Makabe on commentary. <laughs> I wonder if he's talking about burgers and shit. Definitely. I wonder if he's still got like a tab open like I do from this Hops Burger Bar, and he's going to Milano Collection. Hey, have you got this North Carolinian? With farm fresh fried egg, applewood bacon. Commentator's like, what the fuck is applewood bacon? <laughs> so he goes on a five-minute diatribe about no, what applewood bacon here, is. Here's what here's what um what Milano says. He says, Hi. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 not uh asking questions related to the burger stuff. He's just saying, Yes, hi. <laughs> so uh the car can just like get it all out and then move on. So uh yeah. I know I know how I know how that feels. Milano collection. <laughs> it's all good, dude. All right, so here we go. We get spoiled again uh, this week, uh, this night, because we've got Yota versus Kota. Oh, man, this match is awesome. There's, at one point, uh, Kota Ibushi kicks Yota Suji uh, like, clear across the ring. <laughs> just kicks him, and he just goes flying across the other side. It was awesome. Uh, Ibushi gave... Uh, Yoda enough to look great, but he's got a title match coming up, so he's not going to give him too much, and that's fair enough. And he shut he shut him down with like a sick lariat, and then put him in like this vicious looking brab. And uh, Kota kicks, uh, not Kota, Yota, Yota Suji taps out. Hmm. Yes. This was fun, you know. Um, I thought uh, Abushi was probably the most nice of all the uh older opponents to the younger guys maybe maybe um uh shingo was pretty nice you know when he wrestled uh uh you know suji as well um but uh the rest of them were assholes <laughs> even tanahashi was an asshole <laughs> so it was oh yeah yeah so anyway um suji hits an awesome giant swing and yeah. um Ibushi seems to know the secret to make that even better looking because he's kind of like moving his arms up and down so that he gets more momentum. So he's spinning around faster, and Suji turns it into a brab. It was fucking cool, man. 
Um, he got to kick out of that awesome lariat that you talked about. And then, you know, like you said, uh, respect after the match, which was good to see because, man, most of the time these guys just walking off, being all pissed off. They had to wrestle a young lion, but not Abushi. He's a good guy. That's right. Yeah, so awesome stuff to, to uh, begin night two of Kizuna. And here we go. We've got Yuya Uramura versus Shingo Takagi. There's an awesome visual at the start with uh, Shingo, Shingo holding up the title and there's Yuya standing behind him. <laughs> I love that uh, shit. And I'm like, yep, he definitely could be a champ one day. That's for sure. This is really fucking good stuff. Uh, kind of stiff in places. I felt like Shingo couldn't let Yuya beat him up too much in the usual way because like he's the champion and he can't look too weak for the young lion. So he kind of did it never style. Like rather than having you just beat the shit, uh, beat the shit out of him and make him look like a bit, a bit of a chump, he did it never style, which is like, all right, come, come and hit me, bro, bounce off them ropes and come at me. It was more like that kind of stuff, which is uh, something that was was pretty cool. So you you could get some offense without like, you know, that, a really long brab spot or something like that uh, by you. But yeah, this was really cool stuff. Uh, he's not. He's, Shingo's not putting on all of his kick-ass moves. It, it doesn't take anything more than a pumping bomber to put away Yuya. This is really good stuff. You're right. Shingo, he was pretty generous in this match. Maybe a little too much, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Because um, there was one part where he had to get a rope break to get out of a hold. And I'm like, what? Come on. Get out of here with that. But but by the end, Yuyamura is beaten and bloody. <laughs> <laughs> and the champ looks strong as fuck. And, and Shingo, like, helps him up and is really nice. Shingo is mega babyface here, and he looks great, and everybody's happy. So this is great. If you've noticed, almost all of the wrestlers have left the young lion in the ring, you know, so they can get that crowd endorsement and kind of, like, show that, oh, I'm getting up and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – I'm going back to the drawing board. You know what I mean? And uh, – I really like that. Uh, this is this is done quite a bit for Suji and uh, Yuya facing all these guys. I'm sure behind the scenes it's done a lot for them, but in front of the crowd and the feeling that I have for them is they're even more special now. So that worked really well. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I thought we were done with these. Uh, Me too. Yeah. Young line openers with uh, the big stars, but uh, I'm glad we weren't because they were great matches. So here we go. Our next match, we've got Shredder, Jado, and El, uh, El Fantasmo versus El Desperado, Kanemaru, and Suzuki. So yeah, bye, Jado. <laughs> <laughs> so so you had to mix it up. So yeah, Suzuki Goon will get a win here, but uh, you know, poor, poor Doki, he can't be part of that combination, can he? There's a, a really cool part of this match. I noticed it. It's when Kanemaru's going to bounce off the rope. El Fantasmo's supposed to trip him, but uh, El Fantasmo botched the leg trip. And <laughs> He's as Kanemaru's bouncing back off the rope successfully, he turns around and he's like pointing at El Fantasmo going, Oi, what the fuck? So I was like, all right, that's a pretty good cover there. All right. <laughs> like him or not, Kanemaru's a total pro. He knows what Definitely. he's doing. Uh, El Fantasmo keeps things pretty light, but... There's always a couple bumps, nice-looking bumps that he takes. He's really honing that bump that he takes where he does it, lands on his head. He's really honing that, that move. Yeah. So the uh, 
Ishimori, El Desperado preview stuff is really awesome. And uh, do, did you see how uh, Shredder got out of that numero dose? What, where he tried to hit the pinche loco? Is that what you're talking about? Or what? I don't know. No, uh, Shredder's in the uh, numero dose by uh, El Desperado, and he kind of just like um, he, he powers out of it or it turns it and transitions it to a pin or something crazy. It's crazy like that. So it just made me feel like yeah, these guys are going to bring that big match feel to that junior match. It's going to be awesome. For real. But huh? then, Good. Yeah. yeah. But then there's like a numero dos on Jado. <laughs> yeah, Jado, of course. He didn't care. Um, but uh, yeah, the you know this match was all about those two, uh, meaning Desperado and Ishimori, and um, I, you know, I guess I don't know. I just um, I don't see mistakes from ELP very often, so it was interesting to see him screw up, you know, because uh, that doesn't happen very often. And usually he's the guy kind of like making sure nobody else screws up, which is crazy. But uh, as I mentioned, Ishimori does try it. A pinche loco, which is some heel shit, uh, but uh, that's not going to work, you know, uh, in this context. No. So, you know, not much, no, no story progression in these tag matches, really. Um, it's just kind of there so that these guys can wrestle. Yep. Yeah, cool stuff. Sets up the match. Is that's happening at Summer Struggle, right? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, it's got to happen at one of those two Summer Struggle shows coming up this weekend. I will quickly look it up just to uh, make sure we have some amazing audio here. Oh, we've got Ishii teaming up with Yo against Dick Togo and Evil. Okay, that's cool. Sorry, I don't know why I read that out loud. But yes, uh, this Saturday, it'll be uh, main event, uh, Ishimori versus El Desperado. Awesome. Wow. Okay, so we don't have any shows until Saturday, is that right? Yeah, yeah we got wow. Saturday and Sunday. So Sunday, I think the big match is... Oh, it's Sonata Naito versus uh, the Techers. So I don't know. When the fuck is the fucking... The title match with the uh, with the uh, Abushi happening. Where is that? That's is that? A, oh, it's Wrestle Games. Yeah, that's, that's the end the, of this month. Yeah, man. And we got all those summer struggle uh, shows. Uh, there's a bunch of them. The cool thing though is that they're they're only going to be in Corgan Hall one time out of all of those uh, summer struggle shows. So they're going to be at different places, which makes me happy. But it also yeah. makes me worry a little bit that some of those might get canceled. So we'll see what happens. I hope not, um, but, uh, you know, that's been kind of one of the underlying storylines in New Japan this year, and you know, is that they've tried stuff and it hasn't worked out or whatever. So we'll see what happens. I'm always waiting for the uh, other shoe to drop, but, I mean, who knows? Maybe it won't. Yep. Oh, also, I don't know why it just popped into my head now. Yoshihashi coming out for the other guy's matches. He's got the most vested interest in those six-man never titles because they're the only fucking belts he's ever had. <laughs> Looking after his investment, dude. <laughs> All right, so now we've got Bushi Naito and Sonata versus the Dangerous Techers and Doki. And I'm like, bye, Doki. <laughs> he had a rough match, poor Doki. I know. And there's, <laughs> like, at the start of the match, uh, we're all doing their entrances. Naito tries singing in Tai Chi's microphone. And I'm like... That's not going to work, dummy. He's got it turned off. Zack Sabre Jr.'s music is playing right now. He's not going to sing over Zack Sabre Jr.'s music. Come on. Taichi's not going to do that to his buddy. Anyway, this is this is a fun match. 
I love the Zack Sabre Jr. Sonata stuff here. I actually love the chemistry between all four because you used to, I'm used to seeing them have uh, singles match feuds, so them combining it uh, has made this kind of fun for me. And uh, Dalkey, though. Doki, Dalkey, Dookie. He's never allowed to win. In fact, even Bushi is allowed to win sometimes. In fact, he gets the win here <laughs> by uh, giving Doki the MX. And then, like, uh, there's one point in the match. A uh, match or is it post-match? Uh, Sonata does uh, the, the uh, peck flex kind of mocking Tai Chi. Oh, that's not cool, man. They're singing his mic, trying to fucking steal his shit. That's not cool. I wonder no. if they're ready to kiss. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dookie Kid was in the house, by the way, in this match. So uh, I don't know if we'll get thrown off the air for talking about Dookie Kid, but Dookie Kid was there, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and... You know, I just this the thing I took away from the match was that Dookie gets like a hot tag and like just completely botches, and then but then like later in the match he redeems himself with a fucking sweet acai moonsault to the outside, and like him being surprised by the fact that he hit an awesome move is one of my favorite things in New Japan. Right, now. Like, <laughs> I love that because the crowd's like, oh, you know, it's almost like when Hanma finally hits the Kokeshi after missing it like 30 times, it's just like that. And the crowd's like respectfully like, oh, yes, very good, very good. You know, <laughs> it's really funny. Your head still works. Congratulations, <laughs> Mr. Hanma. <laughs> well, for hitting things, yes. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> All right, so here we are. The, the match I've been super excited for. I think we both have. It's Three Dads Gym versus the Chaos Boys. And immediately I'm annoyed that uh, Goto's music plays, even though he lost last mm-hmm. night. Get out of here. Should be Ishii's music. Or, Yo- or even Yoshi's. They won. Get out of here with your loser music, loser. Anyway. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. I really like this match. Yes, they did have me believing a couple times. But they went for simple wrestle logic here because... Uh, I don't know, the outcome is pretty easy to predict. However, I think the Chaos guys, they, they look at Tenzan's chest, they look at Nagata's chest, and then they see Kojima with a perfectly fine chest, and they're just like, nah, we can't have that. <laughs> we can't have that, and we've yeah. got to make, make it clear that for this match, we're the heels. So that's, what, that's how they do it. That's how they kind of get their heel heat. They kind of beat the shit out of Kojima and give him a bloody chest. And I'm like, okay, cool. They're getting everyone to cheer for the dads. This is awesome. And I really enjoyed the match. It was, it was, it was a good time. It was lots of fun. I really wanted the dads to win. Like, I know I've enjoyed this whole chaos train with Yoshi and the belts and stuff, but seven, this is their seventh defense. It's all right for me now, if they lose and, would have been cool for the you know give the belts to the dads give them something to do but that's okay they decided not to go that way and as i've been alluding to all episode all right who's the only guy on the chaos team that lost the night before oh it was goto and i'm just like oh god andy's not gonna like this he predicted it but he's still not gonna like it and sure enough uh gtr or was it one of the assisted ones with yoshihashi and Goto gets his win back against Satoshi Kojima, and the Chaos Boys have their seventh victory. Is this match good? Yeah. Is it fun? Eh, it's not fun for me because I, <laughs> because I like Ishii 
I hate Goto, I hate Yoshihashi, and I love my dads. So, like, you know, Ishii is a fucking asshole in this match, and I'm all pissed off at him. Like, why are you hurting my dads? And then, you know, the other guys, I hate them because they're cheaters. The Chaos Boys are cheaters. I don't like it. And, um, you know, my, my, my main note on this match is that Goto pins Mr. Bread, and I can't even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, all right, just do a dodge from that. Maybe have Ishii pin Kojima or maybe mix it up. with. Uh, but no, they... It was like the easiest outcome to think of, wasn't it? It is, and and you know we have a listener, a young lady by the name of Jay, who uh, has uh, gotten on the Goto hate train with me uh, because <laughs> she was so mad, and I'm think, and I'm like, I fucking told you. Not only does Go- Goto suck, um, but he is the king of stealing wins from your favorite wrestler, and that's like that's the thing that kind of got me so pissed off at him originally, and so you know here he is again doing it. And it's almost like the Roman Reigns thing from a couple years ago. You got to keep, you know, got to keep Goto strong, brother. You know what I mean? Got to get that win back for for Goto. Fuck off. No, we do not. <laughs> no, I don't and, like it. I yeah. don't like Goto. But- Maybe one of you guys will f- eventually follow me and be like, "Yeah, Sonata does the same thing. Fuck that guy." But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we have done. Uh, both nights of Kazuna, hugely entertaining. Both nights, I had a great time. Yes. But and I also had a great time last night because I checked out a couple of matches that were pretty fucking awesome. Uh, <clears throat> I I figured there's a lot more to say, at least from my end, um, from your recommend. So you mind if I just jump into mine first? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we have Marufuji. Uh, Naomichi Marafuji versus Ryusuke Taguchi, May 3rd, 2010. This is at that year's Wrestling Don Taku. <clears throat> and uh, I was looking forward to this match because I, I thought be, be, it's an interesting matchup. We'll get some good, pretty good back and forth here and all that kind of stuff. Now, all right, does Taguchi get some offense in? Yeah, some. This is pretty much uh, Marafuji shutting him down and beating the shit out of him for like 20 minutes. Like, like, damn. You know, uh, you can't even let him do uh, running the ropes because, you know, you do that run the ropes thing and then one of the guys lays down and you and you jump over him and bounce off the ropes. Well, Taguchi lays down and then Marafuji just kicks him square in the face. And it's from that point on that uh, Marafuji just beats the fucking crap out of Taguchi. And does Taguchi get some big moves in? Yeah, there's like a, a, a top rope dodon or something like that that happens in the match. Or he goes for it, but he hits a dodon anyway. And uh, that's still, that's not enough to put Marufuji away. There's a lot of Noah people in the crowd, but there's a lot of people, New Japan faithful in the crowd. So so there's a bit of a, a battle going on between who's who they're cheering for and stuff like that. But you watch this match and... I was just thinking, like, straight away, I'm, I'm like, there's no way Taguchi's winning this. He's getting fucking crushed here, poor bastard. And and he did. So, I don't... It's something Flosion or something like that. That's his finisher. Yep. The something Flosion. Ti- that's, tiger uh, Flosion. Tiger Flosion. Onto Reisuke Taguchi 
for the one, two, three. It was a good match. I mean, if you don't know a lot about uh, Naomichi Marafuji's moveset and, and uh, way he wrestles, and you want to see a good example of that, this is this is it. But yeah, Takuchi got destroyed. What do you think of this one? I don't see it the same way that you did. You know, I. I don't know. I I got into this match. I wasn't. I, I was just mesmerized by the insanely great wrestling that these guys were doing. Um, yeah, it's so good. Like there's, I you know there's a part where, <laughs> I mean again it's just stupid shit that only I love. But it's like a I don't know like a schoolboy out of a you know a, a, you know like duck one hit a school bot schoolboy kick out of that then hit another schoolboy. It's like fucking just crisp. And so smooth, and and both these guys are so smooth and crisp. It's perfect. Uh, I, I just love this. But something interesting that was brought up during this match. This has uh, English commentary after the fact by Kevin Kelly, and he points out yeah. something that I don't know if we've ever talked about on the show before, and I don't know if I've ever really like thought about it. But I knew it was a thing. I just never really like put words to it. But the, in New Japan, if you don't defend your title within thirty days, you get stripped of it, no matter what. And so. You know, the, uh, unless you're Moxley. Well, no, he did get stripped of it. Yeah, but that's only the first time. It's been more than thirty days now since the Garda match. Has it? I'm, I'm pretty sure. They're pretty strict with that, man. So, um, just saying. They're not going to strip Moxley twice, dude. It's not happening. Well, guys have been stripped twice before. Point is, is that um, it's an interesting thing. We talked about. Uh, you know, titles being uh, stripped and stuff like that before, and it has happened for that reason. So anyway, um, what you were talking about before with the drop down, uh, so they're about to run the ropes, and Taguchi drops down, and Parafuji just drop kicks him in the head, and then they run the ropes again, and Taguchi counters a leapfrog by just drop kicking Marafuji in the gut, which is fucking cool, man. Yeah. That's a great way. See, this is why I love this match, is there's all these little tiny, oh, we're gonna do the normal shit, but we're gonna do a little different. And um, I really love that. It, it kind of like moved your expectations all over the place. Now, the flosion is kind of an English type word um, that has been adopted by the Japanese for this kind of driver type move that's off to the side. There's a couple different ones. I think the original one is some all Japan guy. And I know I'm sacrilegious for not knowing who it was, but it's the Emerald Flosion. And it's basically, I will kill, it's, it's basically the I kill you move. Um, when you see someone take a legit flosion move, it is you're—they're dead. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like how are they not dead? It's just one of those pro wrestling moves, like the double stomp. That's just like how do you you? Okay, so that just hurts really bad. Okay, cool. Um, but uh, also, we had Taguchi hit a Gringo Killer uh, in this match, or a Vertebreaker, whatever you want to call it, and that didn't get the win. And I was like, oh, he's not winning. <laughs> it was um, Sawa. There you go. Well, the, the Flosion is a cool move. Um, if you see, you know, you can look up, like, videos of just Masawa then hitting people with it uh, over and over again. And, oh, my God, it's insane. Uh, Masawa also Tiger Mask 1, by the way. So, Masawa is Tiger Mask 1? Mm-hmm. Oh, no shit. I did not know that. All right. So, dude, your match was nuts. Just fucking... Yeah, it was it was really good. Now uh, I described it to you as a classic Wrestle Kingdom two matchup um, that in itself is awesome, but then the ending is super crazy. 
So I, I want to hear you talk about the match, and then I want to get into ending and everything. But um, this was Tanahashi versus uh, Nakamura, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura from Wrestle Kingdom 2. And Tanahashi is the champion. This is the main event of the show. He is the, the disputed champion, sort of. Um, he's one of the IWGP heavyweight champions at this point. We'll just put it that way. And uh, Nakamura is the challenger. And this is like... You know, Nakamura is an established guy, but not... I mean, this is, like, the... Like, one of his big moments, like, that made him who he, who, mm. who, would, who he would eventually be. So, what did you think about the wrestling style in this match? Because, to me, it's a little more violent than what they're doing nowadays. You know what I mean? It's like when we watched that Ibushi-Ishii um, uh, match that was just a few years ago, and we were like, oh, my God, it's, like, so hyper-violent. Yeah. Um, this match is extremely violent, and you don't see Tanahashi being this violent nowadays, right? Not really, no. Like, he, he can bring out that mean streak, but uh, no. He, I think his whole persona now is, because uh, he's an older gentleman, is like that whole outwit that, that his opponent wrestle, you know, be, be more clever than you, his opponent rather than uh, the Tanahashi we got in this match. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. Because, oh, I'll just, yeah, just dude, I described this match to you last night, and it's the only way I could work it out in my brain. I said that this match was is like Brock Lesnar versus John Cena, except John Cena and Brock Lesnar suplex each other rather than it would just be one-sided. So this, this match is fucking crazy. It's like 30 minutes, and uh, it's like Tanahashi and Nakamura suplexing the shit out of each other. In that whole time, straight jacket Germans, German, German. No, fuck you. I'm not getting a third German. You're gonna eat two Germans. I'm gonna do a third one on you. No, no, no. Now I'm gonna German you. No, now I'm gonna give you a dra snap dragon sl sleeper suplex. Now, now I'm gonna do a suplex from here onto you. And yeah, there's there's some strikes and stuff, and there's some uh, high not high fly flows, uh, sling blades and things like and submission holes to break it up. But this is basically just fucking. Suplex, 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 suplex. So, uh, as you can imagine, I fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I love this match. This was awesome. And uh, eventually, uh, I don't know what his finisher is called in, in New Japan. I'm sorry, but Nakamura hits this awesome move. Uh, one, two, three. Nakamura is the champ. So, th that was pretty damn good yeah it's like uh he has a fireman's carry hold and he drops him with yeah. a michinoku driver um lexus montez calls that the park so he parked him that's what he calls it um so uh <laughs> which he does that move sometimes too but um what happens after the match though i mean it's fantastic if you you know i want well, my first match recommend was the first wrestle wrestle kingdom uh first uh in new japan match i'd ever seen which was uh shinsuke nakamura versus kota Ibushi. This has a very similar feel to it as far as, like, are these guys going to kill each other? Like, like is this is this going to end horribly? Like, you're, you're thinking that the whole time because, oh, my God, it's super violent. And so, in, in you know, and we've said this before, but one of the great things about New Japan is that they can be in a regular match. They can find a violent place that normally you'd only be able to find in some kind of, like, death match or something like that. So... That's tremendous. But what happens here at the end, and what was your reaction to what happens after the match? <laughs> All right. 
you can talk about this, but I, I just want to say straight away that I was ashamed to see lame Ric Flair in a New <laughs> Japan ring. But, uh, yeah, after this match, fucking Kurt Angle comes out with lame Flair, which is, you know, Jeff fucking Jarrett. I can't stand that guy. Really can't stand him. And, wait, that surprised me seeing them come out together as well. It, like, is this before lame Flair stole his, with Kurt Angle's wife? I'm going to tell you all about this here. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I, I can't remember in detail what was said but i'm pretty sure it was just like hey i'm kurt angle and uh i've got two belts and now i want your belt it was something like that i don't know man i was just like just staring daggers at double j for being in the same ring like get out of here you got that fucking nakamura in this ring you can't get in the ring with nakamura get fuck off yeah i was not happy to see him in new japan Luke, he's you- definitely not a name i'd google well, he's, he's been in New Japan more than once, uh, Jeff Jarrett has. And in fact, yeah. um, he's technically in Bullet Club. So. No, yes. not in my head, Cannon. That's real. Um, okay, so this is uh, TNA stuff. That's why they're together, right? Um, and uh, what had happened is that Brock... This is a crazy story. So Brock Lesnar, <coughs> um, and I'm glad that we mentioned the 30-day rule just a second ago. Uh, Brock Lesnar... Uh, was actually the IWGP champion at this time. At, uh, at this time, and uh, he was stripped of the title because he refused to defend it, and uh, he because he like had a dispute with New Japan over money, so the company just went on to crown a new champion, and that's what this match was for. Uh, so, but Lesnar kept the physical belt, and he uh, he lost it to <laughs> to Kurt Angle, but where did he lose it to Kurt Angle at? At Antonio Noki's new federation enoki genome federation in 2007 and that's where kurt angle won the title at the inaugural event and angle late later lost the belt in a unification match to uh to shinsuke nakamura in 2008 after this so this is one i guess maybe the first or maybe one of many unification titles you know or match things where you have two or three of the same title and they get unified or whatever it's just so weird because i i knew something like this had happened i remember the brock lesnar thing you know reading about it and stuff but when i was watching this match a long time ago i remember just being like what the fuck is kurt angle being doing here and it's not just any kurt angle it's stoned off his ass on pills kurt angle so he he has this look about him that's a little different and all you gotta do is just go to 2008 Kurt Angle, just Google that and look at a picture of him, and then look at Kurt Angle any other time, and you're like, there's something different about him, and it's his eyes. His eyes are pinholes, Luke, and that's because he's high as fuck. So, um, but I'm sure he got got out, got away with that in Japan because it's medicine, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, point is, is that um, that is some fucking wacky ass shit. To me, it didn't take away from the match at all. I thought it was just like, wow, this is an awesome match. And then what the fuck? <laughs> hey, where does, where does this Kurt Angle Nakamura match happen? Is it on TNA? Uh, no, it's in New Japan and it's on uh, Daily Motion. You can find it there. There's a couple different places you can find it. So, And you can find the uh, Brock Lesnar versus Angle match uh, out there too. Uh, that stuff's out there. All right, cool. Because uh, I immediately, as soon as I saw him come out, I was like, 
Kurt Angle in the search bar. I told you, yeah. And if you go back and listen to our show next week, you'll be like, I said, as soon as you see what happens at the end, you'll be Googling to see this match. <laughs> I was. It's awesome. I was like, I might even check this out now. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I always forget that Daily Motion exists, so I, I kind of still haven't seen it. But yeah. Oh, man. I, I enjoyed my pick, but I, I loved your pick. That was fucking awesome, awesome match. And I'm going to close out this mini kind of uh, Marafuji uh, binge that I've been on the last few weeks and go to a match that happened on Saturday, June 19th, 2010. It's Naomichi Marafuji versus Prince David. Or go. Prince David, as he's yes. some, some reason called. <laughs> That's how, when New Japan World first launched, that's how all the, like, English names were. They were, like, they don't make any sense. And some of them are still like that. Prince David, that's awesome. Well, that match will be fantastic. Prince David was, of course, um, ringside for the match that we watched last time, as well as many, many other Young Lions and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, that'll be fun. I mean, I'm excited to see that. Uh, my recommend for next week, I'm going light. This is a fun match. Um, I hope you guys will enjoy it. It is uh, Rapongi 3K Show and Yo tagging with Cheeseburger versus Omega and the Young Bucks. So that's great. Uh, that's, that's from New Beginning uh, on um, uh, the first of, uh, or excuse me, fifth of January, 2018. So it's a day after Wrestle Kingdom. Usually a very light show and fun stuff, and you know happens. So uh, this is good stuff. You guys will really enjoy this. And if you don't know who Cheeseburger is, you will. Cheeseburger is over as fuck in Japan. It's awesome. Nice. Oh, man. We're, we're at the end already. Let me just check if there's any more New Japan news. No, it'll come out in like fucking five minutes. Oh, come watch. on. We got all the news. We, we worked it all in eventually. We did a good job this week. I'm happy. I think we did. Mm-hmm. I, not only did we do a good job, like I think the part that makes me feel the the best about myself is just pointing out just how handsome that dude was that you mentioned, and uh, just Chad, talking about Chad his uh, handsomeness. Yeah, well, you know, hey, usually when I find out a name and I don't know anything about this person, looks like names names just go out one year into the other, whatever. It, I forget names easy. But I didn't forget his handsomeness, and I didn't forget that uh, in Switchblade we trust. Undies around his head.